Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a shout offering this morning? Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Wow. What a time of prayer and worship. Again, this is just a foretaste of what God has opened up to us in 2023 and beyond, right? This is a foretaste. This is a foretaste. This is a foretaste. And so, I want to encourage every one of us. We are in for an experience in this season. Amen. I wanted to say to one, two people around you and say, you are in for an experience this season. And tell the same person or people that, are you ready for the journey? Hallelujah. It's an interesting journey that we are on. And I want to say to us today that part of what we're looking at today will paint the picture of what the journey looks like. Hallelujah. There's a part of you that will smile, but there's a part of you that will cry. There's a part of you that will cry, that will smile. There's a part of you that will groan. Hallelujah. But in all, it's going to be in joy. Amen. Now, as we go on the journey, you would see that the excitement of who we are becoming in Christ, for us to come into that, continue to hinge closer and closer to the fullness of who God has designed us to be, something in us has to give way. For life to come, something has to die. Hallelujah. Do you get the point? For us to increase or for the life of God to increase in us, something in us has to die. If you carry a seed of a fruit and you want that seed to become a tree that then bear other fruits in its likeness, what happens to that seed when you put it in the ground? It dies. It dies. And so I want you to rejoice on this journey as what has to die in your life is dying. I need you to rejoice because a new life form is emerging. <laughs> as what has to die in your life dies, a new life form is going to emerge. The thing is this, you can't keep the old and the new together. They can't co coexist. The old, the, that which is fading away, that's what the Bible says, that's the part that is fading away. It has to fade away. And as it is fading away, the new will be emerging. You can't have the two together. So when I say groan, the groaning is in the old that is fading away. Because sometimes it is difficult to let go of the old. Sometimes it is difficult to let go because that is what you are used to. That is what has defined your personality. That is what has dis dis defined you. That falls you actually. So sometimes it is hard to let it go. But for a new life and the fullness of the life that God himself is working out in us to come to full maturity, the old has to fade away. Hallelujah. And one thing that God is doing that I can see that he's doing very clearly is that he's releasing grace for us to let go of the old. Hallelujah. That is part of the ease that he promised us this year. Some things will leave you 
with ease. And you'll be like, ah, I've struggled with this for many years. I've struggled with this low self-esteem for many years. I've struggled with this personality issue for many years. But right now, wow, I am different. I met someone at the filling station where I was fixing my tire. And the guy was there, he was full of life. You know? So he came and then he walked up to, walked up to me and said, hello, sir. And then we greeted. And then before he said, Jack Robbie, he, he asked, what do you do? This is interesting. And of course, this is my kind of person, right? Met, you know, let's just, you know? And then before you know, we started talking and talking and talking. And then he would go on and on and on and on in between. He said, please, I hope I'm not embarrassing myself right now. I talk a lot. You know, and all that. I said, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Come on, let's talk, you know? you know? And I was having a great time listening to him. Hallelujah. Do you know that after a while he paused and said his wife actually encouraged him to go out more? He said, then he said, I am actually an introvert. I said, no, you can't be an introvert like this. <laughs> but he now said, no, he says his wife. He says his wife, my wife encourages me to go out, make friends, talk to people. I said, wow, your wife is doing a good job. Can you see that switch? Because the man I was talking to, for me, was not an introvert. So, this man had personality that was not bringing him into the fullness of life that God has designed for him. But he had to then come out of it. Can you see how it's possible? And then, he will be like, oh, so I'm doing great, right? I said, yes, you're doing great. You're not an introvert. I said, wow, okay, that's great. So, you, you can see what happens when the old gives way to the new. But you know what? I was, the one, I was not the one that approached him. That's the beauty of it. He was the one that approached me first. Are you getting the point? So that means something would have shifted in him to tell him that if I see someone in a public arena that my spirit longs, you know, wants to connect with, nothing should hold me back from making the move. Are you guys getting the point? Because the example I'm just giving right now is to start the conversation around divine alignment. And what we're looking at today is to bridge, how do we bridge the gap between when God speaks and when we become? Between when God speaks and when we understand and when we obey. Because God, when he speaks, we need to understand. And understanding is in the realm of the soul. And then obedience is in the physical realm. Hallelujah. So, in my head, I'm looking at this young man I was like, okay. He came, he saw me, he needed to say hello, and he came and he said hello. And then we started a conversation. So in other words, there was something that spoke to him. Talk to that gentleman. He picked it immediately and then he acted on it. And you know what happens? At the end of the conversation, late last night, he sent me, I think, was it last night? Or two nights ago? I hope I'm able to quickly pull it up now. At the end of the day, what he did was to, he sent me a message thanking me for the conversation that we had. Because when I saw him and we started talking, God told him what he wanted him to know about his life. And then we had a mini session standing. And people in the cars waiting on keys were looking at us. And we stood there. And God painted his life. And so he sent me a message to say thank you. So they po- and of course, immediately, he told me where he worships. I was like, that's great. So that place that you said you worship, that's great. It's one of the few good ones. Encouraged it. So, he heard something. He acted on it and there was results. Immediately. Immediately. And so, if, let's say, he kept telling himself, 
I'm an introvert. I'm not the type. I can't approach people. I can't just see someone at a gas station and then go meet the person and say, hello, what do you do? And then you hold back. And then after a while, you're still living in confusion. Your life is still all over the place. And you say, God does not love me. And yet, God has said, talk to that person. Talk to that person. That is the plug. And then that then opened up a whole new pathway. A whole new perspective for him to be able to appreciate his entire life. His entire life. That is why you must not allow your body or your mind to hold you back. To live in perfect alignment with heaven, you must not allow your body or your mind to hold you back. Just to just recall the very first slide there, again, to refresh our memory, we looked at, do you guys have my slide? The tabernacle of Moses that we talked about, the most holy place, the holy place, the outer court. And we said that this typifies the temple of Solomon as well, was the same blueprint, the most holy place, the holy place, and the outer court. And we said the same thing, the temple of Phoenicians, the temple of Debbie, the temple of Uye, the temple of Henry that God is coming to dwell in, in the fullness of God is coming to dwell in. It's also made up of three compartments. Spirit, soul, and body. Alright? Because we are the temple of the living God. And his fullness is coming to dwell in us. And for the fullness of God to dwell in us, we have to fully become like him. That's why we say God, Jesus Christ has to come in us ahead of coming for us. So the process as believers that we are going through right now, our journey, the validity of our journey as believers is as we increasingly become like Christ. That's the validity. And that is why you have to keep changing. You have to keep becoming a better version of yourself. And as you keep changing, you're becoming more like him. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, as we behold with an unveiled face, we are being transformed into the same image from one level of glory to another. And so the validity of our journey as believers is actually uh, in our becoming like Christ. The validity of our journey as believers is actually in our becoming like Christ. It's not in the manifestation of gifts. Because you can manifest gifts and not become. Hallelujah. Do you understand that? It's not in the manifestation of gifts. It's not in the raising the dead. It's good to raise the dead. It's good to heal the sick. It's part of what we do as ministers, right? But that is not the validity of your growth. You can become better in manifesting gifts, but that is not the true validity of your growth. The true validity of your growth is how much you have become like Christ. That's the true test. Because people, in Matthew 7, there were people who manifested gifts. They healed the sick, they cast out demons. They did all of those great stuff. And God said, get out of my face. I do not know you. You are not a part of me. My seed is not found in you. You did not become like me. Which is the big deal. It's actually the biggest deal. That is why by the time we come before God on that day of judgment, a lot of people will be shocked. You will see believers who didn't do any miracle. You see believers who didn't do much. You see believers who didn't make any name for themselves. Embracing Christ. And yet you will see the big dogs shrinking away from him. That is going to happen in heaven. And the reason some people will shrink away from heaven, from him, is because of the level of likeness. Yes, that's what, that's what we determine where, you, where we stay in heaven. It's not a lot of miracles you perform. Is how well did your life on earth become like Christ? That's what will determine your place in heaven. It's not your title. Apostle, prophet, I'm a pastor, I'm an elder. No, I'm serious, it's not. 
It's not. It is to what extent did my life conform to the nature and the character of Christ? That is what is most important. That is why a lot of people will be shocked on the day of, on the day of judgment. You will see people who didn't have any title, who didn't have any name, but they have lived their life. They've you know, lived consistently with God. You see them embrace Christ. And yet you see people with all the big titles, all the big names, they won't be able to come near him. And that's why Paul would pray and say, please, pray for us. So that after preaching the gospel, I myself will not be what? A castaway. What does that mean? You can preach the gospel, get a lot of people saved and not make it yourself. You can. So the making it here is actually becoming like Christ. That's the most important thing. And then the other things are Jairus. Hallelujah. And so it's very, very important because it's coming. The fullness of God, the same way the glory of God descended after the tabernacle was fully built. The same way the glory of God descended after the temple of Solomon was fully built is the same way the fullness of God will come into you <laughs> as you increasingly build your life. This is what happens. The more the old dies, the more of the new you acquire. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, so it's like a container. It's like a bottle filled with water. Alright? So, the part of the water... When you, if you pour some out, all right, we pour some part of the water out, like this bottle now. Let me just have this. All right, so let, 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 let me show you this. This is my water, right? I hope. Right? So I took some out, right? So you can see, what do you have here? What's in this space? Air. All right? So take this part as the measure of Christ that is in you. The rest is what? Self. Flesh. And that is where the works of the flesh, they come from. You are saved though. This is born again. Let's see this next slide. The illustration will work better. The next slide. Now, the major issue that we have, the major problem that we have as believers that causes the time lag between when God speaks and when we become is this. For believers, it is the weight of what? Flesh? No. For believers, it is the weight of flesh and the weight of self. Sin has been taken care of in the outer court. That's what the blood of Jesus does. The blood of Jesus gives you access, right? That's it. So you are, you are forgiven as a believer. You've been forgiven. Your sin has been taken care of. So sin applies to unbelievers. So unbelievers carry the weight of sin. There are three types of weight. Unbelievers carry the weight of sin. And at the same time, they carry the weight of flesh and they carry the weight of self. But believers, what we carry is no longer the weight of sin because that weight has been given to Jesus. Jesus is carrying that weight on your behalf. But the weight that we then carry, that we then need to unburden as we continue to journey with God, is the weight of flesh and self. Every believer, in one way or the other, is struggling with flesh and self. Our ongoing journey as believers... What that process addresses is the weight of what? Of flesh and self. When you were forgiven your sin, that was not taken away. When Paul said you have to walk out your salvation with fear and what? He was not referring to your sin. He was referring to your flesh and yourself. So the process of working it out is not sin. Sin has been forgiven. The blood of Jesus took care of your sin. But you're working out the life will take care of flesh and self. 
that is your responsibility. And that is one of the reasons why we gather. That's why you come to this school, this kind of school. This is a school right here. Even though we come here to worship, to fellowship, it's also a school. The school of the Spirit. And every time you come, God is addressing, highlighting certain areas of your life that you know this is flesh, this is self, deal with it. And then He releases grace. Hallelujah. That is the beauty. He releases grace. His grace is sufficient for us. His grace is sufficient. I mean, look at yourself. Just take a journey. Look back. Some of the things, some of the works of the flesh that you have conquered. Take a moment. So that you can get what I mean. So that, you know, get what, I, what I'm saying. Take a moment. Think about those things that you used to like. Now some of us here have struggled with porn. But right now, it's no longer an issue. Right? Some of us here, we have struggled with some negative thoughts. You understand what I'm saying? Impure thoughts. Huh? But as you continue to journey, what has happened is no longer an issue. If you reflect, all of you, if you reflect on your journey in Christ, you would see certain things that used to be there that are no longer there. That process has to be sustained. So that every other thing that is still there, that is not meant to be there, can be removed. Because those things that are not supposed to be there, that are still there, they constitute weight. Hallelujah. They do what? They constitute weight. And it is this weight that causes the lag between when God speaks and when you hear. And between when you hear and when you move. Talking about obedience. Easy weight. But where God is bringing us to is where we can say like Christ, what I hear my father say is what I say in real time. What I see my father do is what I do in real time. The reason some of us are still very confused about life, whether this, whether not this, should I live here, should I not live here, should I take this, should I take this, is wait. The reason why a lot of believers are confused about life and they are unsure about many things is wait, too many things are clogging the airflow. <sighs> too many things are clogging, you know, too many interests, too many itself, self-preservation, too many things are clogging. So at that point, it takes us a longer time to even understand the will of God in certain areas of our lives. I'm not talking about the things that God is withholding for a moment for you. I'm talking about the things that God wants you to begin to work in right now. Sometimes we see struggle. It's weight of self and of sin because the airflow, that place is clogged with a lot of things. And so the more you rid yourself of that weight, the more you rid yourself of that, all those things, the more there will be smooth communication from the upper realm to you. There won't be any distortion in understanding. There won't be any weight slowing you down. Remember what we said. So imagine your spirit is where? In Lokoja. And your assignment, the person God wants you to talk to very quickly is in Kaba. And it takes you 15 minutes to catch a ride to Kaba to deliver the message. But because, you see, the distance between Lokoja and Abuja, where your mind is, is clogged. Traffic. So as you remove those things, between 
Lokoja and Abuja, what happens? The distance is closed. Then your body is another problematic one. It's in Taraba. You can imagine the distance between Taraba and Abuja, about 12 hours. As you are able to remove the weight of the flesh, those things that slow your body down, that your body will not move when God needs your body to move. By the time you remove those things, you realize that your spirit, your soul, and your body are all where in Lokoja. And so when God says, move, Kaba, bam, you move. So what we need to trust God for, for us to be able to live in perfect alignment with the upper realm, is to continually address the things that are responsible for the time lag between our spirit and our soul and between our soul and our body. And they are there. You, you, they are there. Some of you, you may not know some of them, but you know some. <laughs> for some, it's love for too much sleep and comfort of the flesh. You know, this body does not want to be touched. Do you understand what I'm saying? This body does not want to be touched. If you pamper this body and continue to give it what it wants, you won't be able to move as quickly as God would have you move. That's the weight. Comfort, convenience is weight. You won't be able to be as swift as you ought to be. So you need to deal with it. And so back to this illustration. So here, here is what is air, right? So here, so this is like the measure of Christ, not the Christ's spirit, the spirit of God in you here. And then here is what? Flesh and self. So the more I continue, there can't be more air in this container. If we don't have space, if this does not give way, you can't have the same measure. Here cannot be filled with water and be filled with air at the same time. It's not possible. For us to have more air and more space in this container, what do we need to do? We need to remove more water. Mm. Swan is good, actually. Free adverts. What has happened? The water has reduced. You have more air. This is what your journey looks like. All of you, including me. So the more space. I make available for the nature and the character of God, the more of him I have. I can't keep my old at full measure and then have God at full measure. It's not possible. It's not possible. This is saved. I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about believers. Unbelievers, this, is, what this water is, this place is red or black. This container is black. It's not this pure. What's making this container this is it has been washed by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? For those who are saved. If you are not saved, just imagine black bottle. <laughs> and when you imagine black bottle, you can't even see the content inside. Can you, who has black uh, container here? Where is that your CIGID? Yeah, yeah, let me have that. Let me have that. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are unsaved, this is it, man. You don't even know where the air is. You don't know where the flesh is. This one is completely covered by sin. This is what happens. This is it. For someone who is unsaved, who has not been washed clean, this is what that person looks like in the spirit. But when you are washed clean, you become like this. However, there's still a measure of what? Self and flesh. So the first one, the weight of sin, that one is for unbelievers. They have all the weight. They carry the weight of sin, the weight of flesh, and the weight of self. That's, what, that's why this is black. But once you become saved, you become... Like this. Then the water inside are different levels. Alright? 
But as you continue your journey, valid journey, not religious journey. Because a lot of people are in church, they are not journeying. They are wondering. A lot of people think they are because time is passing. I've been saved for 20 years. That's not the thing, you know. How much of Christ is in you now after 20 years? That's, that's a big deal. It's not about how long I've been saved. It's the quality of my journey. And the quality of my journey reflects in the quality of my life. How much of Christ have I become? That's what defines the quality of my journey. Not manifestation of gifts. Because a lot of people are getting lost in manifestation of gifts right now. It's not. The Bible has made that clear. And so, the more I make room for air, the more self gives way. Hallelujah. So, just imagine the water being flesh and self. So, that's why the more I drink this water, what happens? This is our journey. Hallelujah. You see, the more this reduces, the sharper. Hey, and what? Hey, Kai, why now? My goodness. My goodness. That's another dimension. What happens to this? The lighter it becomes. It's no longer heavy as it used to be. That's how we call it weight. Hey, this is it's very heavy. The, when you now had sin, join. It's very heavy. You need to go and gym to carry this one. Because one carries the weight of self, carries the weight of flesh, and carries the weight of sin. Very heavy. But this, at inception, it was quite heavy. But not as heavy as this one. But as I was drinking the water, or pouring the water out, what was happening to this? It was becoming lighter. Hey. You see, the heaviness you carry sometimes... I'm not talking about holy heaviness. I'm talking about heaviness of offense. Heaviness of unforgiveness. Heaviness of hurt. Heaviness of identity crisis. All of those things are self. That's why you are heavy. That's why you are not light. That's why sometimes you can't smile. That's why you are not joyful. You're carrying too much weight. Too much weight. So as you pour this water out, this becomes very light. And that's why sometimes, like I said last Sunday, you say, I feel light. Is it the same you? You carry the same body mass. You have not gone to reduce your size, but you are saying you are feeling light. Why are you feeling light? At that point, when people say they feel light, at that point, if you check their heart, they carry no unforgiveness. They carry no offense. They carry no hurt. I just feel light. Because hurt, unforgiveness, offense, all those things, they are what? They are weight. And because they are there, they will continue to impede on your ability to hear. One, understand. Two, and obey God. Because you must hear first. One, in your spirit. Understand. Secondly, in your mind. And then obey your body moves. You see, wait. That's what wait does. And then before you know, God speaks. And then it takes a long time to equalize with what God has said. That's what happens. This is what slows you down. Hallelujah. But do you know where we are going? This is so sweet. Hallelujah. Do you know why I'm saying so sweet? Trust me, it's not the water. The water is sweet. But I'm telling you that the process of emptying this and this becoming light is sweet. That's why God is sweet. Jesus is sweet. The more of him you take in. Oh my goodness. Ah, it's sweet. You see, as I'm drinking this water, God, this is a demonstration of faith. That every self in me, as I empty this bottle, empty it in my life. In the name of Jesus. Ah. Look at it. Very light. No weight. No offense. No hurt. 
No unforgiveness. Very light. Now when God speaks, you see this vessel will hear, understand, and move. You see, if I roll this, or if I want this to do something for me, it will do whatever it is I want it to do. It's not going to struggle. But if there's water inside, the water will resist it. The water will resist it. The water will say, no, I want to do my own thing. The water is a weight inside this bottle. And that is what we struggle with as believers. And that's what we need to let go. We need to let go more of the container, of what is inside this container. And the more you let go of the weight inside, the quicker you align with divine design. Hallelujah. While you enjoy the demonstration, I want a transaction to be going on in your spirit right now. Hallelujah. The essence of the demonstration is not to show you anything, just for you to see and for you to mirror your life. And then begin to allow the Holy Spirit tell you what constitutes weight right now. What are the burdens that you carry needlessly? Is it the burden of envy or jealousy? Identity crisis, you want to be like someone else. You can't see someone doing something that you're not doing, you're on the edge. What is it? Let it go. You become lighter. Let it go. And the more you let it go, the more God comes into your life. Hey, do you know another thing about this air? God is what? God is what? Another word for God. Love. His spirit, all right, is air. So it's pneuma, right? But it's also love. The more of Christ you become, the more love you carry in your heart. I'm serious. The more you even love those you think ordinarily are not deserving of your love. And that was what Jesus himself came to demonstrate. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. For God so loved the world that he gave. You see, when you completely empty yourself of self and flesh, the more love you carry. You will love the unlovable. You will forgive very easily. Offense will not have a place to stay in your life. Because offense stays where there is flesh and self. It has a landing pad. Flesh and self are like landing pads for offense, for hurt, for hate, for envy. When you don't have the capacity to hate, you can't hate. But if you have the capacity to hate, you will hate. Is it flesh? And the more you read this container of flesh and self, the more love you are able to express, even to the undeserving. You ask yourself, you ask yourself, Christ, as he was being brutally nailed to the cross and all of that, he was praying for the people. You ask yourself, why? Stephen, as was being stoned to death, was praying for the people. You ask yourself, why? Look at the apostles and the disciples, the way they died and there was no hatred in them. Why? Ladies and gentlemen, this is where God is bringing us to. This is where God is bringing us to. And if you don't empty this container of, the, of its content, because the content is a landing pad for hate. The content is a landing pad for envy. The content is a landing pad for jealousy. 
The content is the landing pad for all of these things. Unforgiveness. The content. So the more you pour out the content, the less these things have a place to manifest. That's why I say love those who hate you. And the Bible says that if you only love those who love you, what reward do you have? And I'm telling you this, if you don't empty the content of this container, you will not be able to love those who hate you. As a matter of fact, those who have not done anything to you, say you are hating. I'm serious. They've not offended you, you hate them. They've not offended you, you are having them. They've not done anything to you, you are wishing them bad. Why is that? The content. Pour it out, pour it out, pour it out. So when you pour it out, that is when we conform easily to the design of the Father. And this is the journey that we are on as believers. And so if your journey as a believer is not helping you reduce the content of this bottle, then you are not journey. It's not valid. I'm sorry. It's not valid. Because the validity of your journey is that the content of this bottle is what? Constantly reducing. If it is not constantly reducing, there's a problem. Works of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life will continue to thrive. If you don't empty this. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life will continue to what? Thrive. Even though you've been saved. Even though you're a believer. Even though your sin has been forgiven you. You'll still manifest jealousy. You'll still manifest envy. You'll still hate on someone who you think is making more progress than you. This is the container. Not the container, the content inside. So as you go through this, as we do this, I want everybody the transacting. And I want you to know that the grace of God is here. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, please. Please. I like the bottle. I like what it's doing. But what it represents, I don't like. I like the usage. Please, use it to drink water. But what it does represent here, you know, that's why I put it down. This one I can put here. <laughs> because my father does not like sin. He doesn't like but he loves sinners, right? He doesn't want them to remain unsaved. He loves us, but he doesn't want us, this place to remain full with water. Empty it. So this is what slows us down and creates a time lag between when God speaks and when we become and when we act. And so the more these issues are addressed in us, the more we are able to live free. Hallelujah. Let me see how many more slides. I thought I would finish this, but I'm not finishing it today. Let's see the next slide. Let's look at this again. John chapter 4, verse 24, just to explain some things. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in the spirit, and what? And in truth. So the part of you that connects with God is a spirit man, right? I've said that. I said that last week. This morning, I was having a transaction with God, and I was like, God, you remember what I said to us this year? God said he's going to take us into the school of the spirit, right? Right, that started. That started. He's going to begin to show us mysteries in the spirit. So I said, God, God, tell me more about the spirit and soul, the interplay. What do they mean? Do you know what I realized? Do you know yourself? Do you know which one is yourself? Don't worry, I'll ask that question later. Do you know, let me ask that. Which one is yourself? Bam, 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 bam. If you are soul, stand up. Two things. If you are soul, stand up. If you, if you believe your real self is soul, though, if you bring your real self is soul. So how many people? Your real self is soul. How many people do we have? One, two, three, four. Okay. Mfon. 
Ah, okay. My brother, Christian. Okay, so one, two, three, four, four, five, A, Y, seven, eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. About twelve people in this hall. They believe is your soul, right? Be seated. If you believe your real self is spirit, stand up. All right. Your real self is spirit. I mean, look around. Look at the people that believe that their real self is spirit. Great number. All right, be seated. If you did not stand up at all, stand up. And you can't lie. Bam, 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 bam. If you did not stand up at all, stand up. I'm serious. I mean it. Good. 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 If you did not stand up at all, stand up. All right. Okay. This is good. Please be seated. So these were the people that they were unsure, which is fine. All right? That's fine. But do you know the people that got the mark? The soul people. Yes. Your real self is your soul. You know what God said to me? God said, part of the functionality of your spirit. He said, your spirit is like, the, is like my gateway to you. That's what God told me. So your spirit is my gateway to you. And then he showed me a door. He said, imagine this door right here. He said, inside is you. On the other side could be me. So when I open that door of my spirit, I open it to either God or other spirit. So that's what your spirit is like. So that's the part of you that can hear me. But your real self is your soul. In the book of Genesis, the Bible said that he breathed what? Breath into man and he became what? A living soul. You're a living soul. So that is a part of you. That is you. Your soul. Your soul. Your spirit is a component of you that helps you connect with God. But it's still a part of you. And then your body carries both to help you function on earth. Hallelujah. The school of the spirit. And we need to increasingly understand these three parts. And the role they play part time in your life. In your decision making processes. That's why sometimes when I'm having conversations with some people, I'm like, is this, where are you picking this from? Is this from your spirit or from your soul? And if it's from your spirit, which spirit is your spirit attached to? Remember I said it to us here, that you can go and fast 40 days, 40 nights, if God has not told you to fast, and you open your heart, some spirit will enter, but it will not be God's spirit. You will hear certain voices, but it will not be the voice of God. And that's what people who go out to look for power, 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 that's what they come back with. When you look for power, 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 and you're not letting God lead you, he will, you, before you know, you just go to one mountain and you're not doing it in God and you're not following God's instruction. Your spirit will open up to another realm, but it will not be the realm of God. You will hear voices. That is why you see people who are operating with different kind of powers. I'm sure they are very sure that they are hearing voices and they're actually hearing voices. But it's not the voice of God. The extreme is what you have when a pastor will come and say, uh, God is saying, I should divorce my wife. He heard the voice. But it's not the voice of God. Because God will not tell you to divorce your wife. But he heard the voice. He had opened his heart to something else. But not to God. That's why he said, go where God is taking me to now. Can you imagine that? This next phase of my ministry. My wife, you are not there. He heard the voice. But not the voice of God. That's why it's very important. Be careful what you open your spirit to. You can open your spirit to other spirits. They can give you power, give you instruction. But at the first when they are giving you this thing, it's fine. But the moment they start demanding, and I've heard testimonies of pastors, a lot of pastors who repented from those things. They came back and repented. I opened my spirit to another spirit. And that led me. And do you know what? There's always fruit. Hey, hey, hey. Whatever you open your spirit to, it will produce fruit. It will produce fruit. And so this is the part of us that connect with God. Let's look at the next slide very quickly. So the soul is the medium between our spirit, our innermost being, and our body, our outermost being. The soul possesses self-consciousness. 
Can you see that? It possesses what? Self-consciousness. That's where yourself is. That's where you. That's you. Self-consciousness. Your thought processes. Your intelligence. It gives you personality. That is your soul. The body, on the other hand, is the outermost part of the human being. This is where you have world consciousness. It is the part that interfaces with the material world. You are able to touch. You are able to feel. That is where you find your five senses. Let's look at the next slide very quickly. I'm running now. Punch it one more time so that the head can show. All right. Can you see that? That is you. So you can see inside of it is your spirit, right? The next layer is your soul. That is where you have your personality. That's where you have your conscious mind. That's where you have your subconscious mind. That's where you have your will. That's where your choices are made from. Your emotions, your memories, your feelings, your attitudes, your beliefs. These are things that define you. You are the sum total of your emotion, of your feelings, of your experiences, of your belief system. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, you. You are the way you are because of what you believe. You are the way you are because of what you've experienced. You are the way you are because of everything around you. You are the way you are because you are in Nigeria. Because you were born here. That's why you will see people who were born in a different environment, they behave differently. The average Jew, the average, average Israeli is, far, is po- polar apart from the average Nigerian. Can, yes? Yes. And yet, if you had been born there, you would be polar apart from the average Nigerian. Can you see that? That is you. That's why. Can you see? And yet, we are all spirit. Does it make sense now? Those who have conflict with believing that we are, you understand? Yes, the average Jew, the average Nigerian, they are all spirits. They all have spirits. The spirits are the same. They look alike in composition. But your real self is defined by being a Jewish or being a Nigerian. It determines how you live your life. It determines what you do. It determines how you think. That's why you will see, even in Nigeria here, the average Yoruba people, you see, oh my goodness, they have some character traits that are just, ah man, I'm picking on Yoruba so that you won't say I'm abusing you. I'm Yoruba. Yoruba people. My goodness. Abosi. If you know what the meaning of Abosi, go and check it out. They can do Abosi. Yoruba people, they can stand against each other. See, you can go to an office. You can go to an office as a Yoruba person. And in that office, maybe it's a tender board or they are interviewing you. Pray that no Yoruba man should be on that seat. As a matter of fact, I would rather people from the north be on that seat. If they themselves, those Yoruba people have not been regenerated, I'm serious. The typical, they are the ones that will stand against you. As a fellow Yoruba man, I'm serious. Just that. And so you're born in that environment. If you don't regenerate yourself, if you don't come out of it, you still carry the baggage. And so it is for all the areas, everybody. See this earth. Because this earth conditions you. Your experiences will condition you. Your cultural environment will condition you. That's what happens. They will condition you. That is why you see the process of being saved. You see this being saved and being in God. You have to reflect. You have to introspect. Hey, guys. Uh, yeah, you have to. You have to. Do you know how many times I will sit down and look at the negative extremes in my parents and then I will look at myself and I will begin to pray, God, help me. See, that is, see, this is journey. That's what it takes. So don't go on, don't, if you are hiding and you think you are the, you're thinking you are the best, person, best thing since sliced bread, you are deceiving yourself. Your environment has conditioned you. Your DNA has conditioned you. Everything has conditioned you. That's why David said, out of sin, my mother conceived me. Being a believer means that you break away from all of the conditioning. And these things, sometimes they take time. They take time. Oh, you want to go and check the way, why do you think the way you think? Go, there's something. 
It's tied to something. Maybe one DNA, one environment, one thing, some, something that is not in Christ. That's why we say our starting contest must become Christ. The reason why we say that is that whatever it is that does not look like Christ, you can cut it off. This thinking system is not Christ. Get rid of it. Why am I feeling like this? Get rid of it. Why am I not happy when someone else is progressing? Get rid of it. It's not Christ. Why am I envious? It's not Christ. Why am I prideful? It's not Christ. And if you can't let the Holy Spirit shine his light into those areas of your life, if you can't let God himself confront you, those things will not be dealt with. And yet you are saved. And yet you are a believer. And yet you carry the rough rough. But if you are not confronted by the Holy Spirit, you think you are the best things in sliced bread. You are not. You are not. So every time I stand before you, I'm a work in progress. Every day. Every day. Every day. So don't tell yourself that truth. You walk in pride. And you think all is well. All is not well. I'm serious. All is not well. All is not well. And so this is who we are. So that's where your will is. That's where you make decisions. That's where you make choices. That's why in Congress we repent. We say, God, what are the things I have done simply because I could? What are the decisions you are making right now simply because it's your right? You can. I can do it. And so I do it. So let's say I walk away out of this place now because I can. But the question is, is that what God will have me do? Can you see? That's where yourself is. That's where your will is. That is who you are. That's who you are. What are the things you do simply because you can? And not because God is saying do it. If you want to walk with God, do you know what you need to do? See that whole place? You submit it to God. Your will, you submit it to God. And that is where a lot of us are struggling. We are struggling to let go. You still want to make some of the decisions. You still want to think the way you want to think. You still want to do what you want to do. You still want to do what you like. And as long as we live like that, we will continue to struggle with understanding the mind of God. We will continue to struggle. There will still be that gap. So imagine the gap between Taraba and Abuja and imagine the gap between Lokoja and Abuja. Those things are flesh and self. So the more you deal with them, before you know what happens is that your mind that is in Abuja, your body that is in Taraba, they will all go and meet your spirit that is in Lokoja. So that anytime God speaks, you hear, you understand, and you obey. Prompt obedience. That's what the journey that we are on will produce. That is where we are coming to. The fullness of Christ in us. And it don't stop. It doesn't stop. Every day. The water in this can must continue to deplete every day. That is the validity of your journey. If the water in this can is not depleting as a believer, your journey is not valid. I'm serious. You're wasting your time. And they are wasting your time in that church. If they're not telling you the truth and releasing the grace that can help the content of this bottle to continue to deplete, I'm serious. It's not doing you any good. It's not doing you any good. That's the truth. That is the truth. It's not doing you any good. But if you find yourself in a space where the con content of this container, which represents self and flesh, can consistently be depleted and is moving towards emptiness of self and fullness of Christ, that is a valid journey. And that is what every one of us must desire. That's what every one of us must desire. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. It says, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul and body be kept what? Blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is where we are coming, guys. So people who say forever saved gospel, that if you sin, it's your flesh that is sinning. Can you see that this scripture nullifies it? Spirit, soul and body, what? Blameless. 
God wants your spirit. He wants your soul. He wants your body blameless. Pure. You can't say it's my body that is fornicating. And then it's fine. Who says you have right over your body? Who says you have right to use your body to do what you like? That's why you can't just indulge even in food and in drinks and just indulge. And I'm just sorry. Hey, Coke is my weakness. You, you better deal with it. I'm just sorry. Hey, Coke. It's only Coke that's my... Deal with it. Oh. God does not like that. Deal with it. It's not healthy for any substance to take over you. It's not healthy. It's not godly. God doesn't want that. He doesn't want any food. Oh, just, I just have addiction. It's just chocolate. Deal with it. Deal with it. You can't be under, you can't be a slave to anything. That's not godly. Deal with it. It's a problem. Deal with it. Because he wants you spirit, soul, and body blameless when Christ comes. That's why people will shrink back from you when he comes. Saved people. Because this letter was written to saved people, not unsaved people. Matthew chapter 16 verse 26. Very quickly, I'm going to finish this. Permit me. I don't want to do this on, on, yeah, on Wednesday. Jesus said, okay, I may have to pause at this point. Then let me read just this Matthew and I'll pause here. Matthew 16, 26. Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Hallelujah. I, I like the rendition here. He, said he went to work on them. Because that's what Jesus kept doing. He kept working on his people. He just stopped working on them. <laughs> he kept panicking those guys. I mean, that was why you see them. They did fantastic. Oh my goodness. These guys lived. My goodness. They're apostles. I mean, this guy. This guy is my. Oh my God. That's why I say, if we have to finish what they started, we must be ready. This covenant Christianity, don't talk to me, don't, don't correct me, don't repeat. It won't fly. God himself is coming to confront you. God himself is coming to say, that for all, deal with it. Then Jesus went to walk on his disciples and he said to them, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. If you must follow me, you must let me lead you. And he said, you are not in the driver's seat. I am. And he said, don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Do you know the suffering we're talking about here? Eh? Is the suffering of the flesh. You see this? As I'm eating it, it's paining me, right? I'm serious, it's paining me. You see the pain that this flesh goes through when it is being dealt with, don't run away from it. When you find yourself in a space where you have been corrected and rebuked and your life has been adjusted, don't run away from it. When you're in a space where you have offered something and you think that's the best to be offered and your boss shows up and says, no, that is not the best you can do. Please, can you go rework this report? Don't carry your nose up. I work with some people and sometimes I'm very emotional. I can be very emotional. I just slow down, just take it and all of that. But I mean, this season of my life right now where I'm not just going to take anything anybody offers me anymore. Please, this is not good enough. Go work, go work on it. If you carry your nose up and you're doing that, it will help you. It was Kunle that came and said, because he would do stuff, I said, no, no. It can be better. Then he came. Was it on Friday, Kunle? Or no, Thursday. I'm talking to Kunle now. I need you to look at me. You're the one talking to And what did you say? Because do you guys, do you want him to use a mic? Please give him a mic. So that those who are online will hear him. How can they correct me? You are what? Getting bigger. Because of what? Correct me. That's it. This is what it means to be led. This is what it means to be led. That's how you get better. But if you don't want to be instructed, if you don't want to be corrected, you, you can't get better. And if you're in an environment where your emotion is being pampered, your flesh is being pampered because you are whatever. Then they are, you know, pampering you. And you can't grow. That person is not doing you a favor. I have a mentor. I shared it with us. Was it last week? Or we are maybe doing our leadership meeting. My, that my mentor would not want to ruffle feathers. One day, I, I confronted him a couple of times. I said, I said, sir, please correct us. I said, that's how we can be better. He likes to commend us when we do well, which is good. As a matter of fact, he likes to give us credit that is not even due because he's very humble. 
But the extreme is that he will not tell us when he can tolerate some things around us. But we now know that. So you have to have sense when you're around him to know when he's enduring you. But when it's extreme and you don't adjust, he will just start avoiding you. No, not avoiding you. He's, you will still be in the same space. So. But when some things are being done, he won't call you. He won't give you certain responsibility. So I had to confront and say, no, sir. We won't get better like this. He said, tell us when we are wrong. Tell us when we are not doing well. I said, that is how we can get better. That's why you, if you people you have around you are people that tell you what you want to hear, they are destroying your life. I have people in my life, I'm serious, including friends and mentors. I know them. They won't tell me what I want to hear. My pastor will not tell me what I want to hear. So when I go to them, I say, sir, give me five things that are my strengths and five weaknesses. They will give me. They won't shy because you're not paying them anything. They, they are not afraid of you. They will tell you as it is. They're not looking at your face. That's why when my pastor was making a comment on my book, he said the things, said the nice things, and he came down and said the not so nice things. Say, so friend, sometimes can be too emotional. And that has gotten him in trouble with me a couple of times. It's in my book. My pastor said that. These are people you need to have around you that can look at your face and tell you, say, man, you think you're not that good. I mean, one of my pastors, when I was in Joss, tell me, you know, I went for administration and I came back and I was so excited and I was giving him the gist and everything. He said, Fred, be humble. <laughs> and I knew what that communication was. Don't let it get to your head. Say, Fred, be humble. And I came back the next day. I said, eh, sir, they want me to come back to come and minister on a Sunday because they like my ministration on a Friday. He said, Fred, you are not going. What happens to your usher here? Who stands at the door and welcome people? I didn't go. I stayed back. No ministration. If he says, don't go, don't go. If I like, carry my nose from here to here. I'm on my own. Doesn't, doesn't change him. Doesn't change God. It's part of the process that God was using to make me. Or you think God will entrust your destiny into my hand? If you are not taking me through a process? That ensures that I can abandon myself, abandon self-preference. They will not. They will not give me this assignment. They give me some kind of assignment, but not this one. To shape life into the image of Christ. They will not give me. Because this is what this process, this, this is what it requires. You have to abandon self. You have to abandon your will. You have to make sure that it is God. So be humble. Do you have anybody in your life that can tell you that you should be humble? Do you have people in your life that can tell you are becoming prideful? Do you have people in your life that tell you that this rough or rough behavior, you better get rid of it? If you don't, you better start looking for it. And if you're not the type that can take this truth, you won't change. You won't become better. So if your boss tells you that that report is not good enough and he tells you to go work on it, you better go back and work on it. If you have a mediocre boss who takes everything you give him, that person is not helping you. He's not helping you. That's why you see very strict parent disciplined. You see them, their children, they come out what? Disciplined, disciplined, disciplined. Then some of us, you see very liberal parents, they give their children all they want. And their children will grow up, grew up wanting this, wanting that, give me this, give me that. Whereas the life out there is not the life that will give you everything that you ask for. And then you can't take rejection. You can't take no. They tell you no. Everything about yourself is all scattered, all messed up. You can't compose yourself anymore. You can't take rejection. You can't take no. Nah. You must be strong. You must allow those rough or rough or give way. So he told them, so if you must come with me, you have to let me lead. You are not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. And he said, follow me and I will show you how self-help is no self, and he said, I will show you how. I will show you how. Follow me and I will show you how. And then he said, self-help is no help at all. Sometimes, you know, we try to, self, you know, protect ourselves. There are people that you will not come close to because you want to shield yourself. If I go too close to this person, man, it will reveal the rough in my life. Do you know what I'm saying? There are people some people can't work closely with because it will show their slothfulness. It will show their slowness. It will show. And those people don't have patience. They are moving. 
So you walk around them, you have to move. You walk around them, your thinking has to be God great. Your thinking can't be mediocre. There's a problem in what you are delivering. You solve it. If you don't solve it, you are not moving. When you walk with people like that, you yourself will not be the same. The very first interview I attended, it was with an MD that went to Harvard. I just came back and I, a, a consulting firm. And he told me, he said, Fred, if you, if you agree to work with us, I tell you, your life will change. You know what? I believe him. Even though I didn't work with them. I got the job, but Lagos was not my pathway. You understand? I got the job in Lagos, but Lagos was not where God would have me be. But I believe the man. When he told me, Fred, I think he's running for president right now. A lot of people running for president. He said, Fred, if you work with us, I tell you, I guarantee your life will not remain the same. And I believe and it's because of the structures you have put in that place. Your life will change. Your life will change. Do you know why? Because those structures will cut flesh, cut slothfulness, cut indiscipline. You know, it will wash off those things, you know, pettiness. But by the time you endure the suffering, you endure the process, ha, you now see that version of you that will stand to be light. I feel so light. That's what you'll be saying. So he says, self-help is not help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to find yourself. Self-sacrifice is the way. That is my way to finding yourself, your true self. And then he said, what kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What kind of deal is that? Everything you want. You want to have your way. You want to do your own thing. You want to do it the way you like. This is how I'm thinking today. I go that direction. This is what I'm thinking tomorrow. I go that direction. And nobody can tell me nothing. What benefit is that? And you lose your authentic self. And then he said, what could you ever trade your soul for? Your soul is yourself. It didn't say trade your spirit. Trade your soul. Your soul is yourself. And so this is the process. To get rid of the, of the gap, the distance between your body and your spirit. You have to let God walk on the inside of you. And the good thing is this. Grace is available. Hallelujah. Grace is available. So we're going to continue on Wednesday. Or possibly. Yeah, possibly Wednesday. This is not the, this is not the full version of this particular installment. You need to know what follows. You've not completed the process if you don't get what, for, what we have. The other slides. What the other slides contain. There are some scriptures there. That you need to go through and experience. Hallelujah. Let's rise to our feet. And I want you to talk to God and say, God, I am committed to the process of depleting self and flesh from this vessel. And that vessel is you. I am committed to the process. I am committed to the process. This is a transaction between you and your father. There is that which God can release through me to you. And I tell you this, that there's a grace that is resident in this house. It is the grace to become. It is the grace for transformation. That one is already present and available. But what you have to do is you must make the commitment to want to change. You must make the commitment to want to empty your vessel of self and flesh and make room for more of the nature and the character of God. You have to make that decision. But I want you to know that the grace for you to be transformed, to become like Christ is available. 
So the idea, you are not doing the work. No. The work is just for you to desire and say, God, I want you to empty me of me so I can be filled with you. That's all. And as you express that desire to God, the Holy Spirit will come and incubate. The Holy Spirit will then accelerate the journey that you're already on. It will begin to point you in the direction of where those things are locked on the inside of you. Thinking systems, belief systems, ways of seeing things and of doing things and all of that. You begin to see them and they ask you, open and say, God, help me in this area. He will come and help you. The grace is available, but you have to make the choice. You have to make the choice. And God is saying, for you to be able to align with divine design, you need to make room. You, make, you need to remove the things that are between your body and your soul. The things that are between your soul and your spirit. Those things, you must get rid of them. 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 And if you're here, please, this is a time to pray. Do not look around. I beg you. This is a time to transact. It's your life that we're talking about here. It's your eternal life that we're talking about here. It's your destiny that we're talking about here. I can't do this part for you. You have to do this yourself. That which God wants to do through me is to release grace. And the grace is available. But you have to make the transaction to receive this grace. While that is going on, if you, re- if you are here and you're not sure of your life and your relationship with God, and your life is still like the black bottle because you have not come under the redemptive blood of Jesus, I need you to correct that. The presence of God is here to correct that. If you're here and you know you need to give your life to Christ so that you can be transformed from the black bottle to the white bottle or to the transparent bottle, it is time. I want you to talk to God right now. And if you're here, while all eyes are closed, just raise your hand and I will pray with you. If you want to give your life to Christ, because you can't start this journey of transformation if you don't come under the redemptive blood of Jesus. That is a starting point. If you don't come under the redemptive blood of Jesus, you can't start the journey. If you don't come and become this transparent bottle, you can't start the journey. And so if you're here and you need me to pray with you, just raise your hand and I will do so very quickly. If you need help, if you need me to stand in faith with you, raise your hand and I will do it very quickly. While the rest of us were praying, and if you're here you have been saved but you are still struggling with certain obvious sins he 
you have been forgiven, but you are still struggling with sin. Let it go. Submit it to God right now. You're here and you know you need to rededicate your life to Christ. Because you have not been joining. Though you have given your life to Christ, but you are not joining with God. I need you to recommit to him right now. Jesus, thank you. I need to recommit to him right now. I need to recommit to him right now. I need you to recommit to him right now. I need you to recommit to him right now. Oh, Father, we thank you because you said you would in no wise turn back anyone that comes to you. Thank you for those, oh God, who have rekindled their relationship with you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, because you are always standing at the door with open arms to receive us. Father, we give you praise. We give you honor, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. While we are still praying, please, if you rededicated your life to Christ, please, after this meeting, meet with one of the leaders. My wife, Emmanuel, Tony, or any of the leaders, just meet with them and say, I just rededicated my life to Christ. But I need help to continue on this journey. They will provide the support that you need to have a consistent work with God because that is what can produce this consistent transformation. Father, we thank you. We give you praise, God. I want us to pray this prayer before I get out of your faces. I need you to pray and say, Holy Spirit, shine your light into every dark area of my life. Shine your light. Shine your light. Shine your light. And those things that will come up, help me remove them. Remove them from my life. As you allow God to confront you, if pride is locking somewhere, God will highlight it. If envy, unforgiveness, jealousy, any of these things, self, pride, anything, locking anywhere, God will reveal them to you. Make room for him. 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 Come on, make room for God. God wants to dwell more. He wants greater measure of himself on the inside of you. We are his vessels. We are his temple. He wants to dwell in us as individuals. He wants to dwell in us. He wants to dwell in us. He wants to dwell in us. So make room for God. Make room for your father. 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 Oh, Father, I make room for you. I make room for you. I make room for you, Father. Shine your light into every dark corner of my life. Whatever it is that I've accepted as part of my being, as part of my nature, that is not in line with your nature and your character. Oh, Father, shine your light. Shine your light and remove. 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 In the name of Jesus, Father, I submit myself under your UV light. I submit myself 
to your UV light. The UV light of the Holy Spirit. Shine your light. Those things that are there that I do not know are there, but they are holding me back. But they represent excess luggage. They represent weight in my life. Father, I ask that you remove every weight. Remove every weight. Remove every weight. Help me to be fluid. Help me to be light. Help me to be fluid. Help me to be a throughput. In the name of Jesus. Help me to be fluid. Help me to be light. Help me to be fluid. Help me to be light. Remove every weight. Weight of flesh. Weight of self. In the name of Jesus. Help me, oh God, to be perfectly aligned with divine design. That as you speak to me part time, I move. As you speak, I will hear you in my spirit. My mind will gain understanding and my body will move in real time. No more gaps. No more gaps. No more gaps. No more delay between when you speak and when I align. No more delay between when you speak and I adjust. No more delay between when you speak and understand. I understand. No more delay, oh God. Bring me, oh God, to this place. Father, bring us to this place of perfect alignment with your divine designs. Oh, Father, we pull down grace. Father, there's so much grace that you have released. I pull down grace into my life. And I want each and every one of you to pull down grace into your life right now. Pull down grace, pull down grace, pull down grace. There's so much grace. There's so much grace. Grace to forgive. It doesn't matter for how long. That person has offended you. The person may even be offending you right now, but grace to forgive is here. Unforgiveness is a weight. Unhealed hearts and pain, they constitute weight. Grace is being released right now. Grace is being released right now. Grace is being released right now. These are the weights that set you back. Weights that hold you back. Grace is being released. Grace is being released. Grace is being released. Grace is being released. There is grace. There is grace. There is grace. There is grace. There is grace in this house. There is grace right here, right now. Grace right here, right now. Grace for transformation. Grace for transformation. Grace for prompt obedience. Grace to move swiftly in the direction that God is leading you. Grace is here. Grace is here. Grace is here. Grace is here. Oh, Father, we thank you. Father, we worship you. We give you praise, God. We honor you, Father. We adore you. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for knowledge. Thank you for understanding. Thank you, Father, because we now know better. We know better. We know where to look. We know where the gaps are. And Father, we submit ourselves, oh God, to this process of consistent internal alignment, consistent internal adjustment, so that we can become everything you have designed us to be. Because we are a new breed. There is none like us. We are a new breed. And this is a process that we need to go through to be fully everything that you have designed us to be. And so, Father, we submit ourselves to the process. We will endure the suffering. We will endure what comes with this process. We will endure, oh God, we will endure. We will endure, we will endure. We will not run away from the heat. We will not run away from the heat. We draw closer to the heat because you love the smell of burning flesh. You love the smell of burning flesh. Anytime we let go of our will, we are dying to self. Anytime we let go of our preference, we are dying to self. And so, Father, help us to keep dying to self. 
Help us to keep dying. Let the flesh continue to be burnt up. Let it continue to be burnt up. Let it continue to be burnt up. Let it continue to be burnt up. In the name of Jesus, I die to myself, to myself real, my desire, my personal preferences that are not in alignment with your will. Father, I die to them. I die to them. I do not want to nurse any desire that you have not put there. I do not want to nurse any pursuit that you have not put there. And so, Father, everything that has originated from self, oh, Father, Lord God, I stand before you today and I put death. I said, they die in the name of Jesus. Father, I'm alive only to the things that you would have me do, how you would have me live in the name of Jesus. Father, this is our heart cry. As a kingdom community, this is our heart cry. This is who we are. This is who we are, Father. This is who we are, Father. Father, we are not afraid of death. We are not afraid of dying to self. We are not afraid of dying to self. We are not afraid of dying to self. Because we know that you are light concentrate. You are fire. You are concentrated fire. And the more we want to come into you, the more self has to go. And because we want the fullness of you, Father, we are willing and we are ready to let go of self completely so that we can become entirely like you. This is our heart cry. This is our desire, Father. Grant us this, Father. Because we have engaged in line with your will. And this is the confidence that we have. At any time we ask anything, according to your will, you hear us. You hear us. And we have asked today according to your will. And so we know that we have been transformed. We know, God, that more of you has come into us today. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise, God. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on now. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Let's rejoice. Hallelujah. Who is as excited as I am? Amen. Amen. Let's be seated. Remember I said this. There's a part you will groan. But there's a part you will rejoice. Groaning will come when God is dealing with the flesh. But by the time he's done, you will rejoice. And you will be happy and joyful that you give yourself to the process. Because you will become lighter. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to, I want to say this. Certain things have been addressed in our lives. Huh? But you know how God does it with us here. Don't be surprised if someone does something to test whether or not the content has been removed. The Bible, Jesus Christ himself said, offense will come, but blessed is he that is not offended by me. Alright? So, the test of what has happened here today is going to happen in the course of your week. So watch out. <laughs> watch out in case you can't do a report or you present something to your boss or your colleague and they water it down it will test whether or not that thing has been removed if you carry your nose up you still have work to do if offense should land this week immediately this is what I'm going to say immediately the moment you identify it just cancel it you understand what I'm saying don't let it take root don't let envy take root. Don't let jealousy take root. Because you'll be shocked. This week, you might meet one of your old classmates 
And then you realize that that your old classmate is doing well. And God will let that old classmate come and tell you about his exploit. <laughs> How you feel thereafter will be determined by whether or not the landing pad has been removed. Hallelujah. The word of God tested him. That is what happens to us here. Hallelujah. But do not be afraid. Do you know what? The Holy Spirit will be by your side all the way. The Lord will be like, Fred, don't worry, I'm here to strengthen you. Don't let that offense stay. You know we're in the season of joyfulness. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Joyfulness. So rather than let offense in, kick it out and embrace joyfulness. Hallelujah. That's it. The Holy Spirit will be there. Just be conscious of the Holy Spirit. So those will come and say, no, 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 don't be envious. Uh, okay, don't worry. Anyway, don't worry. You are doing good too. Come on now. Look at, look at how far you have come. Don't allow this person's, you know, success make you look down on your own. You are doing great. You are doing great. That you've not accomplished certain things you, have, you set out doesn't mean that you are a failure. So don't allow envy. Don't allow jealousy. Kill it. And then once you get that, you replace it with joy. And then you celebrate your small wins. Hallelujah. Because sometimes, that is it. Sometimes you don't look at the grounds you have covered. You don't look at the successes you have God has achieved through you. And then you see someone and then you're like, ah, I'm a failure. I have not, it's a lie. You're not a failure. You're only looking at the glass as half empty. If you see it as half full, you will rejoice. Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's rise on our feet.